Hello and welcome to another edition of Ask the Experts here on City News 570. I'm joined today by Faisal Suziwala. Faisal is ranked within the top three real estate brokers in the world for REMAX. He's Canada's top real estate broker as well. Faisal started his career at the young age of 18. He's been delivering outstanding results for over 30 years now, most notably with REMAX Twin City Realty. Faisal is here today to talk everything from assignment sales to condo purchases. Welcome back to the show, Faisal. Thanks for having me on again, Brock. Uh, listeners, if you're interested in any of the information we discuss over the next hour, please reach out to Faisal. You can start your journey at homeshack.com. You can call him directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Faisal, you've just returned from the annual REMAX conference down in sunny Las Vegas with some hardware. Uh, congratulations. Once again, capturing the award for Canada's top uh, agent for 2022, as well as now top three in the world. Faisal, what's your secret? Well, I don't know if there's any secret there. I, I, I must say that, you know, I'm so grateful to the uh, people of Region of Waterloo and the support that I've had uh, since the very beginning. Uh, you know, it's, it's just some great clients, great people, great friends and colleagues, um, always supporting, um, putting their trust in me and staying loyal to me. So really, this is something that I'm just humbled to receive and uh, just filled with gratitude for the amount of support that I've received from our community. And it speaks to what we have been talking with you over the last uh, the last little while, that idea of uh, you make an impact in the community, but you have said before the idea that your clients, you've got you've got third generation clients with you now. So that that old adage of word of mouth and spreading spreading the word about about someone, uh, people are obviously continuing to do that with you. And and it it speaks to the way that you're willing to to do business in the area. Again, congr congratulations. That's a that's a, a huge honor for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If uh, if we turn our attention and we take a look at the the current market right now, how's everything with everything from sales to pricing to supply these days? What's going on? So we've had a very interesting first couple of months, let's say. Uh, we're coming into, obviously, we're in March now, and we're seeing a lot of uh, speculation in the market as to what's going to happen. But let's go back to November, December, and January for a moment. The market was still fairly flat. We were seeing declines happening. There was still a lot of panic in the market. It's interesting what has happened in the last month and a half, though. Multiple offers, which we were not seeing very often, started emerging again. We're starting to see people going back to their pricing strategies where they are pricing lower and they're holding offers and they're hoping for those multiple offers to come in. Um, I've certainly had some great success in doing that. Um, there was a home recently that would have been worth uh, possibly 1.5, 1.6 million. It received an offer for 250000 above, and it sold for $1,850,000. So what that's telling us is that supply is low. Right. Pricing is now balancing out a little bit more. So from November, December, January to, let's say, mid-February, I saw in my inventory the pricing escalate by 10%. So we're seeing an uptick in the market. And that may have been as a result of 
the interest rates not going up, the long-term rates coming down, um, people just getting tired of sitting on the sidelines. You know, this herd mentality has always been very prominent in any in every sector, where if everyone's doing something, well, everybody starts following the leader. And then everybody stopped, and everybody did stop for a long time in our marketplace for about eight months. There wasn't a lot of activity. And then we're seeing people saying, well, hang on, I'm sitting on the sidelines watching uh, values go by, watching increases in, uh, in property values, increases in rental values. Um, I'm letting my money just sit there and inflation is depreciating my funds. So maybe I should just jump in now. And as we talked about previously, that yes, prices have come down, interest rates have gone up, but the same amount of mortgage payment will still buy you the home that you would have bought a year ago at a lower rate. You can buy that home today at a higher rate, but your payment is virtually unchanged. So you get an opportunity now to make more of a thoughtful decision when you're not competing so much. But that's going to be short-lived. As we come in, come into the spring market, I think we're going to see uh, an uptick continue in the market, and we're going to see inventory levels continuing to be low. Um, new construction is almost at a standstill when it comes mm -hmm. to uh, new homes coming onto the market. So immigration is still increasing. Uh, half a new me, half half a five hundred thousand new people will be coming into the country this year. Where are they going to live? Um, region of Waterloo is a hot spot. Ontario is a hot spot. So we're going to see a lot of that uh, population come into our communities. And you've mentioned this before too. When you see multiple offers coming in, that says to you there is there is a need in the market, and people aren't going to go away. They they may have missed out on on one one property that they've been on, but they're they're ready to go at it again. When you when you're targeting your market, and you've talked about this before, that idea of going and 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 reaching out really to Mississauga and Oakville and Brampton, you're constantly saying to them, "Look, you know, it's not that much further to come down the the 401, and we have all of the things that you could really be looking for uh, in a in a larger center, but we've got it here as well too." Is it is it fairly easy to convince people to come and look in the in the region right now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, some of my marketing, uh, in fact, a lot of my marketing is target-based marketing in communities outside of our local community where the prices are 30 to 35% higher. So one of the ads that I have running in, in Milton through Google pay-per-click is basically stating drive 35 minutes. And this was for an ad that I had for a home in Cambridge, drive 35 minutes, save $350,000. And it's just a click ad. So when you click on that ad, you're going to see a photograph of the home, a floor plan of the home, the price, the taxes, the interior pictures, a drone video. So by marketing and giving people the information that they're looking for, it gives them an opportunity to make an informed decision to say, I really like that. Now let me go and see if this actually exists. And when they drive to Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph area, they're actually pleasantly surprised saying what you were advertising is actually a fact. We would be paying 30, 35% more for the same home in our region. Now, let's take that whole idea of buyers coming out of the GTA and apply it to our market. Our market has been known to have, and you know, realtors were celebrating and people were celebrating, buyers were celebrating the fact that, oh, thank goodness, we don't have bidding wars anymore. Well, here's the thing. They went back to traditional pricing. 
Traditional pricing means price high, offers come in low, it takes longer for those offers to come in, and then you meet somewhere in the middle. But the first question people ask is how much? The second question they will ask is how long? When your days on market exceed 15, 20, 30 days, now you're becoming stale on the market. So my strategy of marketing is creating bids to buy, not offering to buy, bidding to buy. And the reason I do that is I want to market homes to people who are accustomed to buying by bidding. Because when you create a bidding war, you're going to create a, a larger audience who's willing to pay true market value for your home and not beat you up because you've been on the market for too long. When you price the home slightly less than what it's really worth, you increase the number of viewings. When you increase the number of viewings, you increase the number of offers. When you increase the number of offers, you increase the selling price. It's a very simple formula, but it actually works. It works. And it's been working you for, for a while. And and it's that's and and you keep coming back to that. You talk about it in your book, which we're gonna which we're gonna talk about later on as well too. Uh, if we turn the lens a little bit and and we mm -hmm. take a look, the Bank of Canada is announcing their latest position on the bank rate in the coming days. What are you predicting that's that's going to happen at that point? So the bank rate, I do expect, um, and and by the time this show will air, we will see because March eight it is announcing that um, you know what they're going to do with the rate. Um, we've had a 4.25% increase in interest rates since last year. Right. It's not a sustainable level of growth. I think Bank of Canada has realized that they've perhaps overshot. People's ability to spend has been so limited now that other sectors of the market are starting to uh, suffer. But I, you know what? Inflation has come down from the summer. It has come under control. I don't think it was the only solution by increasing interest rates because the unintended consequences of that is that people have really suffered financially. They're not able to keep up on their payments and, and they can't spend money on groceries and food costs haven't come down. So those costs are still very high. Um, but I do believe that uh, they're going to put a freeze on any further increases. And I hope that by the time this show airs on uh, Saturday, we will hear that they did keep it on freeze and that the long-term rates may even start coming down. I had predicted about six months ago that this situation would start happening because they were very aggressive in their increases. I have been coaching my buyers and even my homeowners not to lock in for more than two years because at those high, high rates, if you're locking in for five years, you're making the banks very happy because they've got five-year money at high rates. But in two years, when the rates come down to hopefully three and a half, four percent 4%, you're going to be sitting there with a five and a half or 6% mortgage that you're going to be expected to pay an interest differential penalty on, which makes the bank whole again. And you're out a chunk of money that you're now refinancing at a lower rate, but you're just putting yourself deeper and deeper in a hole. That that hole keeps getting, as you said, larger and larger. Uh, we're going to uh, coming up on a break here and ask the experts. When we come back, assignment sales. What are they? What do we need to know as well? Stay with us here on City News five seventy. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book The Real Deal. 
billion-dollar real estate broker, Faisal Suziwala. Listeners, if you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Faisal, before the break, we were talking interest rates. In your mind, where where are they going to be headed as we, as we continue along through uh, 2023? I believe the rates are going to stay flat somewhat for the next quarter, but I do believe that rates will start coming down. Um, as we said before the break, that um, Bank of Canada, I believe, has overshot by increasing 4.25% in one year. That's a significant, I think historically, is the largest increase that's ever happened in, right. in, in a short period of time. So I think it's due to just pause any further rate increases. And I believe the banks are very happy that they've got lots of five-year money, four-year money locked in um, because people panicked. And the unfair practice here was that in the beginning of COVID, we were all promised that rates are going to stay low for a long, long time, which really put people in a position to go and borrow lots of money. And now they're paying for that and that's the that's the sad part right now that they're going to get caught in a situation when renewals come up um, and they're not going to be able to afford their new payments if if you've got some advice right now we're we're coming into the spring uh, for buyers and sellers right now what what kinds of things would you be wanting to talk to them about right now for buyers, I would be saying you know make those thoughtful decisions right now uh really start looking at the market, compare it to where the market's highs were, and look at where the market lows were. If you look at the market today, we will see that there's been approximately a 10% increase in the last three months. So the trajectory right now is going to be increasing. The market's going to be going up. Supply is still low, but the buyers, the demand is going to start increasing. So we know what that formula means. Prices will go up again. Rates will remain flat. So if you're going to lock in, perhaps look at locking in for a two-year period, not too much longer. Because again, crystal ball, I don't believe that rates will stay at this level for much longer. I do believe that they'll come down, maybe not down to the rates that they were at, but I think we will be in that three and a half, under 4% for sure within the next two years. And and if we're a, if we're a seller, what what moves do we want to be making right now in the spring? So many sellers decided we're just going to pause. We're not going to sell our homes. We're going to rent them out. Um, but it's all relative. If you got that big big money back in February of last year and you had to buy another home, you would have paid big money. So mm -hmm. today, what we're finding is um, all of that pause that had happened is starting to start up again. So if you're thinking of selling. March, April, May, and June are traditionally always the four strongest months of any year. So don't wake up one morning in August and decide you want to sell when you don't have an audience. Also, in August, you're not going to have the people that are coming from out of, out of town move in because it's too close to school year. So if you're thinking about selling, start thinking about those things now, start preparing now and get your research, get your evaluations, get your appraisals done now, do those little odds and ends jobs. And we talked about this last uh, fall, that if you're thinking about putting your home on the market this spring, don't wait until the spring to start those little projects. 
Do your homework, get your work done ahead of time. Always good advice from uh, from Faisal. One of the terms we've been hearing about a lot, assignment sales. Uh, for those listeners who might not be familiar with the term, what is it and, and why are we hearing more about it these days? So assignment sales is really um, a, a situation that occurred as a result of people speculating too much. There were so many pre-sale units that were coming into the marketplace, new construction, Every buyer, everybody you talk to, the guy filling your gas, the guy at the cash register, the person that's, you know, um, uh, altering your, your, your clothes. Everyone was saying, oh, I just booked three homes. I just booked two condos. And I remember back in 1988 and 89, it was a similar uh, situation where people were actually quitting their jobs buying new construction, flipping homes, because they were in a position to make $20,000, $30,000 every time that they would flip a house. Today, what we're seeing is that mentality was there again in the last couple of years. Hmm. And I really, you know, I, I, I blame a lot of realtors for being irresponsible and not coaching people, not telling them that, look, you must get your ducks in a row. You must have your financing. Don't buy something knowing that you cannot close on it and then hope that someone's going to buy it at an increased that you're, You might as well go to the Vegas and put everything on black or everything on red because you're gambling when you're doing that. So what has happened now is all of those folks that bought or many of those folks that bought pre-sales are saying, uh-oh, September, October, we have to close on these deals. We don't have the funding. And you know, there was a show on Marketplace not that long ago where there were fraudulent mortgages. So now everyone's radar is sharp and on to see and verifications are there. You can't just say, I make X amount of dollars. Well, verify it. And you have to show T4s and notices of assessments and all the verifications. So the banks are really, really scrutinizing all of those deals that were supposed to be funded and saying, wait a minute, we're going to do another check. We're going to make sure you still have that job, that the income you declared was true, that it shows up on your T4. And many folks are not in a position to verify the information that they had posted. So all of those assignment or many of those assignments are going to start hitting the market. So an assignment is simply you purchased a property on a, on a pre-sale that you wish to close on if you can't sell to someone else. So you want to assign your contract to another buyer for an increased amount of money. So you have to disclose what you bought it for. And now again, someone looking at it and saying, well, you only paid 500,000, you want 650, you're probably stuck. So I'll give you 500, you lose your deposit. And we're seeing a lot of that type of conversation happening in the market. So assignments are becoming very difficult to be involved in. Now, when the market was doing very well, you, it was fairly easy to assign a deal. In fact, the builder would charge a little bit of money for an assignment and everybody was making money all the way. Realtors were making money. The buyer's agent was making money. Everybody was making money. But there's also a tax implication that many folks are not aware of. And that is that a, when you assign, you are not, you have to pay the HST on the profits that you're making. If you were not buying that home to live in it, that property is HST applicable. So you need to get your accountant and your lawyer to review the contract to make sure that you're not going to be holding a $150,000 tax bill 
Not to mention, an assignment does not fall under capital gains. It falls under income. Because oh now you're in the business of real estate. Again, I'm not an accountant, but speak to your accountant, speak to your lawyers, and find out what the implication of that assignment is going to be. You may feel that, oh, you know, this is pretty good. I, I'm going to make $100,000 on this, on this flip. But when they tax you based on income, when they collect the HST, what you may have thought you were going to get, you're not going to get. Because in, in order to get your tax rebate, in order for it to qualify as a capital gains, that property must be held by you for one year. You must rent it out for one year and like legitimately own that property unless you're personally residing in that as your principal residence then you have the tax benefits of not paying the capital gains. That, that can send a lot of people scrambling. And I'm glad that you, you, you've clarified that. In that same vein, the idea of the power of sale, another term, one we really haven't heard about for years. You go back to 2008 and that was, that was on everybody's lips. Is, is that part of the real estate discussion again, power of sale? Sadly, yes. Um, I've, I've been involved in a few power of sales in the last uh, three months. And, and it's never a good phone call to receive. Uh, you know, they've received a demand lawyer from their from a lawyer that represents the financial institution, which also comes with a $2,500 price tag, that letter. So now you're already in debt. You've already missed a couple of payments. Here's a Bay Street law firm sending you a letter saying you are now one month late. By the way, you also owe us $2,500 because your financial institution has now retained us to do this collections. Um, a lien is forthcoming. Um, you could have a sheriff's order. We could ask for a writ of possession, which means uh, you have to give up your home. We will change the locks on your home. Like This is the sad reality of a power of sale. So my number one advice to people who are falling behind is to have those conversations with your financial institution. Don't avoidance or ignoring is not going to get you anywhere. In fact, it's going to put you deeper in a hole. You're going to lose control of the sale of your home, which is not what you want. Um, the other cause of this is during COVID, there was a lot of deferral going on. You know, you, didn't, you could ask your bank, uh, hey, I'm not going to make payments for the next three months. Just add it to my mortgage, add it to my mortgage. So that's causing a lot of pressure on people because now they've got to start paying on that. Lastly, 2017, uh, 2017 and 2018 were peak years for real estate. A lot of people bought homes with four and five year mortgages. Right. Those renewals are now going to come due in August, September, and October. And I say August, September, and October because typically people will buy in March, April, May, and they'll close 60, 90 days after that. So their mortgage starts in the fall. Now, when that mortgage comes up for renewal, they may have had a 25 or 3% mortgage that they were locked in for five years, which is fantastic. But now that renewal is going to come in at 5.5% or 6%. Or if they're with a B lender, it's going to be 6.5%. But the other issue we have to think about here is that many people had a home line of credit. Right. In addition to their mortgage, which is called a HELOC, that was created during 2019 to 2022 with high appraisals. So you may have bought a home for 600000 and had a mortgage of 500000 on it. All of a sudden, that home is worth $1 million. You go to your bank and they say, we'll give you up to $750,000 available 
And the balance, the $250,000 is available to you as a home line of credit at 6.5% interest if you choose to use it because it's on a variable and the rates have gone up. So now what did people do? They, bought, they put in swimming pools, they did put on additions, they went out and bought sports cars, uh, bought you know, whatever luxuries, because money was cheap. It was one and a quarter percent, two percent. Well, that rate's gone up to four and a half to six and a half percent, depending on the type of home line of credit you have. All of this is now coming due and a renewal has to be made. And all of that has to be bundled into one mortgage. Well, your bank might say you don't qualify anymore. Right. And right. you're already falling behind. So we want you to either go elsewhere and pay us out um or if you miss any more payments we're going to start power power of sale or foreclosure uh proceedings against you and this is where i think there's going to be unfortunately a lot of bloodshed on the streets in the fall um will that be an opportunity for buyers i think there will be an opportunity for buyers so if you miss out right now buying because the, the the prices are still pretty low I think there will be another opportunity, and, I, and I, it saddens me to say it, but there will be an increase of foreclosures and power of sales as a result of people simply unable to renew their mortgages at the rates that they're going to be at, and there's going to be a lot of desperate sales. Add the assignment sales to that. Add the new construction. Builders are taking a bath. There's um, you know, something like a $170 million shortfall in Vancouver on a project. So we're going to see, and I saw this in 1990 to 92. I saw this in 2008, where large developers were going bankrupt because they had oversold in and funded because they thought that people were able to close these deals. But a lot of it was just a house of cards, really. It was not going to uh, come to closure because there was no money supporting those purchases. They always say buyer beware, and I would say be cautious as well. We need to take a break. Uh, we'll get an update from the City News 570 News Center. When we come back, can we shift gears? Do you want to talk a little about condos and condo fees for a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Stay with us here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, The Real Deal, billion-dollar real estate broker, Faisal Suziwala. If you would like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or email Faisal at homeshack.com. Before the break, Faisal, you were, you were giving us all of that information, looking at all of the concerns that are out there right now. And I know that you always have that crystal ball with you. What do you see happening in the near future when, if we're taking a look at the real estate market? What can we see in the next, say, four to six to eight months? What's happening? I, I believe that coming into the spring market, we're going to see a very vibrant spring market. We're going to see supply continuing to be low. We're going to see an uptick in the pricing. And that's going to be a result of the, of the rates staying stagnant or even coming down a little bit. Um, the summer is going to be a, a, a fairly busy time for people to move. We're going to see continued uh, migration from GTA uh, coming into our region. Uh, we're in one of the best regions probably in Canada, and it's extremely desirable to live here. So we're seeing that continuing. 
Um, in the fall, I think there's going to be a little bit of a downturn um, only because of these mortgage renewals that are coming up. So we are in for some turbulent times coming into the fall market. And again, that turbulence is going to be more to, uh, geared towards people who are refinancing or trying to renew their financing. Um, already, I'm doing several evaluations on homes where people are saying, you know what, I may need to downsize because I can't renew at the rates or I'm looking at moving out east. Uh, because it's cheaper for me to live in Halifax than it is to live in Ontario. So that type of thing is happening, and I'm having a lot of conversations with people regarding that. And and, and it's it, it it's unfortunate in some ways, but it opens up some spot here in the market for for people that are looking to 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 come into into this area. That idea of refinancing, you mentioned this already. Still in these turbulent times, maybe going for another two years or three years, but not that not really locking in for five years at this point. Yeah, I think I think the lock in at these rates, mind you, you know, if, 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 you, if you've been around for a long time, you've seen 21%, you've seen 13%. So if you could get a rate at five and a half percent, that was a gift, but the values were less. So it all balances out values are much higher rates come down that type of thing. But uh, I, I would just caution people on not locking in for too long. Because if you had locked in um, four months ago, you would be at a much higher rate than what you would get today. So again, a two-year, even if the rates go down in a year and a half, then you've only got six months of a higher rate. And usually at the end of a end of the term of a mortgage, you six months prior to the end of that term, you can renegotiate your term and renew without a penalty. So again, talk to your bank about the options and when you can actually renew. Great, great idea and great advice. If we switch gears a little bit and look at the condominium market, one of the key things we know there's a huge variance when it comes to things like condo fees, for example. What should buyers be aware of when they're purchasing a condo? So condos have become far more relevant in our marketplace than ever before. And that's, again, due to the amount of people, the population and the need and the desire to live in our region. So we are seeing condominiums pop up everywhere, but we're also seeing existing condominiums uh, in our marketplace. And, you know, you look at it and there's such a disparity between um, what some new condos are charging for condo fees, what some of the older ones are. So to make it very simple, and the way I understood it long, long time ago is when you buy a condominium, you become, let's say there's 100 units in that condo. Um, you become one one hundredth owner of that condo. Right. So all the, all the fees related to maintaining that condominium complex are going to be attributed to your share. So if you own one unit, you'll pay one one hundredth of that share. Snow removal, um, roof repairs, window repairs, uh, lawn care, whatever it may be. So you'll see some of the older buildings, the condo fees might be $600, $700, $800 a month. That's almost like having a second mortgage, right? right? But the reason for that is that they are getting to that age where they're going to need major repairs, renovations, whatnot, and the funds may not be available in what's called the reserve. So when you're buying a condominium, you should have a status certificate. And the status certificate really outlines the health 
of the project, of the condominium? Does it have a reserve fund? Is anybody being sued? Are there any special assessments coming down the pipeline? Are you going to be on the hook for a $20,000 repair bill? Because that's your portion of the, of the garage concrete that needs to be repaired. So all of this is very important to understand where those fees are going to. Now, some of the new condominiums and uh, are, are considered common element where only the landscaping, the garbage removal, the snow removal is coming from the fees. But if the roof needs to be changed, the windows have to be changed, the doors, any other repairs that are required to your unit exterior wise or interior for that matter, that is going to be on you and you will be assessed a fee for that. So you can't just go and put a pink door on because that's what you wanted to replace it with. You still have to follow the condominium controls. So when buying a condominium, understand what is actually covered. Yes, the fee might be $600 a month, but it may cover absolutely everything. Now, if your focus is that you're only, or your plan is that you're only going to live there for two or three years, then you may want to opt out of a $600 a month condo fee and go into a condo where it's only 250 or 300 a month that does not cover the roof and the windows. But if you're a lifer and you're going to say, I'm going to live in this condo for the rest of my life. Well, it's a good savings plan for you to put away that extra $200 a month so that in 20 years, when it needs a complete overhaul, there, no one's knocking on your door saying you got to cut a check for $25,000. So it's not really like, oh, the condo people are making all this money off of me. It's what is the benefit of you paying that money? Because, you know, I hear that all the time. Oh, these condo guys are taking all my money. Well, it's not them. You're actually contributing towards future repairs and renovations ahead of time. But if you don't plan on staying there, there's no point on you doing that. And and when you when you make that purchase, you are one of those condo guys, right? Like that's you're in on it, and and the idea is it's 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 mutual benefit. There's there, all of the benefits that you get from living there, you get what you pay for, and you have to make sure that you can still have that in your budget. Um, yeah, and, I, and sorry, sorry to interrupt, but one of the things that I think is very important for people to understand about condominiums is that some condominiums will have water, insurance, maintenance, management, all of that included. Um, I want to speak a little bit about insurance for a condominium because a lot of buyers are under the misunderstanding that the condo's insurance will cover them as well. It doesn't cover their contents. It may not cover them for liability if there's a slip and fall and if they're responsible for uh, clearing the snow on their foot, uh, on, on their doorstep or on their driveway. So really don't take the insurance included clause on a condominium fee um, at face value. And you should also understand what is the deductible. So for example, if you're on the 11th floor of a, of a, of a 12th floor building and your washer leaks and the 10 floors below you are now damaged, you may be in for a very, very expensive bill as a result of uh, your deductible only covering $25,000 of the, uh, uh, your $25,000 of the cost, because it may have been only for your unit for flooding, but it doesn't cover everybody else's unit. So make sure that you've got full coverage that if you've caused damage to many of the other units, that your deductible doesn't all of a sudden go up to $100,000 or $50,000. So it's all these little things. And there was a, an article that I read 
not that long ago where they thought that $25,000 was, or, or $5,000 was a deductible, but it turned out to be $50,000. And of course, somebody didn't have the money to pay for that. And now there's a big lawsuit. These are the nuggets of wisdom we always have to be paying attention to when uh, when you're when you're having a chat with with Faisal. We we're coming to take a, a final break here on Ask the Experts. When we come back, a couple of things we're going to touch on: Homeshack.com, love that terminology, and spend some time talking with Faisal about his book as well. You're listening to Ask the Experts here on City News five seventy. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, Faisal Suziwala, also known as Canada's top real estate broker again this year. Listeners, if you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555 or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. I wanted to take a few minutes, Faisal, to talk with you about your book, uh, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. My copy happens to be on Kindle. Have you got a copy with you handy right now? Can you, if you got one, you can hold up to the camera. That oh, would be great. awesome. A, a shameless plug. Here we go. <laughs> uh, sales now over twenty thousand books sold. What's been, what's the feedback? The feedback been like from from the listeners or from the uh, the readers rather? You know, I, I'm so again honored and humbled that it's been so well received. Um, it, it's become one of these books that a lot of new agents that are coming into the business uh, may have heard my story about starting at the age of 18 and the struggles that I went to. And they just genuinely want to know what that journey was like. Um, but I've also got a great following of investors that have sort of seen me <clears throat> over the years get involved in different development projects, building up my investment portfolio, and just want to learn what are the principles that I applied, uh, which are very simple principles to to build that portfolio up and how I plan on uh, maintaining it, leveraging it, going through retirement with it, and eventually um, leaving it for my estate. So these are all things that um, little, little, you know, things that I've learned, uh, experiences that I've had, experiences of others that I've learned from. And I've sort of just put all that in my book so that it can be uh, somewhat of a, of a workbook for someone who's just looking to either start in real estate, um, get inspired, learn a little bit about investing, or just wanting to, um, you know, feel sort of what this journey of being in this industry is like. You've talked about the, the your this passion project of yours before and how the pandemic really provided you with a time to to put it all together. Uh, what do you think is the biggest takeaway for readers? What what if they're going to take one key idea and run with it? I know you've mentioned this idea before. When we look at at, at the decisions you've made, not, it's not like you're taking huge risks, but the, you you've done your homework and they're very very calculated. Is that something that you would suggest to people? Absolutely. I think I think the willingness to learn, the willingness to evolve and not just stay set in your ways. Um, you know, I came from a time uh, when a fax machine was actually technology. Um, and had I just stuck to I that, know, that idea, yeah. <laughs> we can relate, right? Um, but if we had just stuck to that and say no, or say, I'm not going to email, uh, I'm not using text messaging, I'm not getting a cell phone, I'm not going to get on social media, I'm not going to do all these things because it's all silly and it's all for kids, um, you know, you would not be able to have that growth. So evolution, um, adapting, um, keeping an open mind, but also mindset. 
um, and, and adding your heart set to mindset where you're not just always thinking about where's my next dollar coming from. It's about how can I how can I contribute? How can I support? How can I help? How can I come with solu- come up with solutions, which may not give me the instant gratification that I want today, but I'm I'm planting those seeds or I'm I'm cultivating those relationships and and having something for my future, and that's I think what helps you be um, relevant in a long term basis. And and you are not, they they say you know a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. You are not in in any way planning on putting the brakes on. You're you're ready. You you we've said this before, right? You get up every morning. You've got a plan. You're you're ready to get going. You're not ready to go and sit in a rocking chair anywhere. That's right. No, I I love what I do. I enjoy what I do. I love the people that I work with. Um, and I just it just you know I wait. I'm wake up with a smile on my face because I know I'm going to meet great people, do great things, get involved in great projects. And again, the community that we live in has so much to offer that regardless of the nasty storms we have, this is where I want to be. You talk about that idea of evolving and I want to come back to your website. So (laughs) home.com. I'm guessing I haven't done the research, but I'm guessing that that website has been around for a while. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to really date myself and probably some of our listeners may relate to this, but there used to be a company called Radio Shack. That's right. Way way back in the day. And Radio Shack was a prominent name. And I used to work in the mall, the Cambridge Mall, and I would always walk by Radio Shack. And this whole internet thing and web page thing was starting to evolve and come into, and I thought, well, I should probably get a web page. And what name will I have for it? And at the time I had no idea. So I said, what do I do? I sell homes. And it was, I, my web page would be the home shack where you come to find a home. And it was just a knockoff of radio shack, to be honest with you. And it's interesting. My web page was registered before Google even existed. Wow. So there used to be Netscape. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, Netscape, way back really, or, or, or uh, Explorer, but there were all these other, Google didn't exist back then. So so my my webpage actually, or website actually predates Google, and I wish I had done as well as Google did. Now, and and you talk about that idea of, of, of it's it's been there for a while, but it's not like it's collected dust. If people get onto your website right now, you you spend a lot of time keeping that updated, I know that it, it it's it's very bright. It's very well put together. It's easy to navigate as well, too. What can people find when when they go to homeshack.com? So I wanted to make it a very seamless um, experience for people to come on. And like it's like I think from the consumer's lens, what are what am I looking for? Okay, I want to know what the latest listings are. So boom, there's a tab right there, latest listings. Um, I want a home evaluation. But I want a home evaluation without being spammed, without having to register my date of birth and my phone number or log in and give you every information that you can sell. I don't want to do that. So what I simply do is I have an instant home evaluation tab. Give me your address and your email address. Those are the only two things I need because I need to be able to communicate it to you. And I will simply write back to you within 24 hours with a value on your home. And it says that I will never call you, I will never email you, and I will never knock on your door, and you will never hear from me again unless you wish 
to have further information. But you asked me for a price, I will tell you your home is worth $975,000 as of today. Now, if you want further information or clarification, you're welcome to contact me. So I think as a consumer, what annoys me I hate that cold call. I hate mm -hmm. that door knock. I don't want someone asking me a bunch of information. If I want to know the price of a car, just tell me the price of the car. Right. That's right. all I want. If I want you to tell me what my home is worth, just tell me the number and go away until I need you again. So that was important to me. Another tab that I added more recently is global relocation. So okay. I've, what I've established is basically a concierge service globally through our Remax network where I can actually connect you to anywhere, any to anyone in the world, but not just to purchase a home. Um, the mover, the accountant, the lawyer, the all the all the moving parts that are required in order for you to make a decision to move to another country, learn about the tax implications, learn about the legalities, um, learn about the different social groups. If if places of worship are important to you, then introducing you to the people that can help you um, situate yourself in a new country, in a new province, whatever it may be. So in that and that tab simply says, I want to move to blank and we will connect you to wherever you want to go so these are the types of things and of course i've got my coaching my my podcast and and my resources of my most recommended people um who do i trust when i need an electrician hvac person a painter a renovator what a lawyer who are the people that i trust so i, I list all of those uh most recommended on my website and it's a great resource for people to go on and just find out who are the reputable trades in our industry and I, it, it's it's that one-stop shop where people people are want to be savvy when they're making these big these big decisions you're giving them as you said the podcast they can they can listen to what we've been talking about the things that you've been running through with your with your seminars the coaching all of those are key pieces for people and it's it's we're at that point again, Faisal. We've come to the end of our time. Uh, I do want to thank you for coming on the show today. I learn something new every time we get together. And uh, thanks again for giving us some of your time today. Always a pleasure being with you, Brock. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you. That was Faisal Suziwala, Canada's top real estate broker, recently published author of The Real Deal, billion dollar real estate broker. Luckily for us as well, someone willing to share his thoughts on the current real estate market. A big thank you to our technical producer as well today for pushing all the right buttons. And thanks to you listeners for joining us. You've been listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570.